The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is BizBuzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in industry and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Welcome to Biz Buzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Today's buzz is customer engagement. Let me talk to you about that a little. The changing digital landscape is challenging your ability to connect with your customers, uh uh-huh, kind of important, and their ability to connect with you. So have you figured out yet how to become the digital brand your customers really want and need you to be? I have a panel of experts who will help educate us and enlighten us on this very important topic. First up on the panel, I'm going to welcome back to the show, she's been on with us several times in the past, Becky Carroll. She's director in PwC's Customer Impact Consulting Group. She's the lead for the social media consulting practice in Southern California, and she is the lead for the firm's social care practice. Becky's quote is the following, companies are becoming big and slow and losing their agility. It's time to become big and fast if you're to keep up with the rapidly changing competitive market and, here's the kicker, customer expectations. Welcome, Becky Carroll. How are you today? Hey, I'm great, Bonnie. Thanks so much for having me back. Thanks for joining us. We love having you on the show. You're one of our gurus of customer relationships and customer care and all that good stuff. So, Becky, you sent me a great quote. Why don't you talk to me about it? Who is becoming big and slow and losing their agility? Tisk, tisk, tisk. Talk to me. <laughs> well, you know, for a lot of companies and their efforts to become all things to all people, they are starting to make digital interaction a little bit complicated for people. Um, they've got, you know, their old way of doing things, their traditional engagement, cyclical launches, cyclical campaigns. They're mirroring that out there in the digital world. Um, and it's becoming difficult for customers to follow along. And customers really have their own preferences, the way that they want to go out and learn about organizations and start to engage. In fact, 88% of consumers suggest that social channels are influential during their decision-making processes. So, you know, we are, are not really taking those into account as we're going through our old traditional style. Um, and what we're going to talk about today is how companies can build on some connected experiences, especially in the digital world, to add value to their customers in the right place at the right point in time in the life cycle so they can become very reactive very quickly uh, and, re- and react to customers' preferences, really, online or wherever customers want to engage. 
Thank you, Becky. Let's level set for a second before I go to our next guest's quote and do some more introductions. Level set in terms of we have a vast audience. We are, we have audience listeners in over 90 countries. Good news, Becky. And they are across the board, different types of companies, different industries, different sizes, different maturity, and if I may say, different levels of agility when it comes to social media and customer digital relationships. So, Becky, are, can you tell us with your remarks today, can companies of any size anywhere in the world take to heart what your advice is going to be? Absolutely. It doesn't matter the size of the company, and I think that's the main point. You know, right now, I think our smaller companies have been more agile and are doing a better job at uh, understanding their customers and listening to them in the digital channel and finding ways to interact with them. And the big companies need to find a way to simplify, uh, to cut through all that noise and really focus on what's most important, which is those customers. Okay, thanks, Becky. We have a lot more wonderful information to hear from you. Thanks for joining us. And let me move to the second member of our panel today. We're joined by Case Jacobs. I am pronouncing that right because he rehearsed me. He is the Digital Propositions Lead for Capgemini's Global Digital Customer Experience Initiative. And Case sent me this quote. Very interesting. He said, there is a scary, I said scary, digital line between adding value to consumers on the one hand and intruding into their privacy on the other. In their drive to leverage all kinds of great digital technologies, more and more companies are stepping on what Case calls digital landmines that are, pow, exploding in their face. Case Jacobs calling in from the Netherlands. How are you today? Welcome. I'm fine, and thank you very much for the privilege to be on your show today. Privilege to have you. So talk to me. We've got a couple of couple of uh, buzzes in here. We have to talk about a scary digital line and digital landmines. I'm going to let you explain that to our listeners' case. Go ahead. Well, I, I think there's a, an extra level of complexity um, on top of the complexity that uh, Becky just talked about, and that is this scary line, which is the outside world where uh, consumers and societies are not allowing uh, uh, companies to do everything that they actually may want to do. And uh, sometimes, sometimes that goes wrong, and actually increasingly that goes wrong. Uh, I live in the Netherlands, and only uh, very recently there was a big upset in the retail industry, actually in society, big uptake in the news about retailers uh, tracking uh, Wi-Fi devices of consumers. Uh, anonymously, though, but still there, there was a big <laughs> debate on that. So it's these kind of things, and it exploded in that particular retailer's face. It was Dixon's, by the way, an uh, electronics company. It mm-hmm. exploded in their face, but uh, actually it's not just an issue for that particular retailer. It's for the whole of the industry. So that's the scary line. Very interesting case. Do you think companies learn when these explosions, I, I love the phrase digital landmine, it's a real picture word, it's an ouch word, but it's, a, it's something that will stick with us for a long time, I know. Do you think companies learn when bad press gets out? And bad press today, of course, goes way beyond press releases and front page headlines in newspapers, whether online or still printed on ink on paper, we're talking social media. We're talking about what, what Becky handles uh, in her company. And so do you think that there's this instant, OMG, look what happened to that company. We'd better clean up our act. What do you think, Case? Absolutely. That, that will happen or that is happening. Um, so there are increasingly wake-up calls um, in the industry for that. Uh, but there is... Uh, 
something else, which is that obviously um, this links to consumer engagement, which is by nature something competitive, something commercially sensitive. But there is this common element, the common interest um, of even competitors um, needing mm-hmm. to, to uh, apply the same kind of uh, engagement uh, trust with their, uh, uh, with their consumers, even if they compete, because uh, when uh, such a digital landmine explodes in the phase of one, it hurts the whole of the industry. So also a competitor. So there is not just a need for companies to have their own act together. There is a need for the industry to have a collective act together. Very good. Getting the act together, I think that's part of what we're going to be talking about is those landmines, those digital lines, and where do companies need to go. A lot of good stuff so far, and let's add our third panelist into the mix. I'm also welcoming back Dr. Volker G. Hildebrand, Global VP of Product Management for Customer Engagement Solutions at SAP, and he quotes Johan Wolfgang Goethe. I think I'm pronouncing that correct, and the quote is very interesting. Everybody take notes on this one. Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Willing is not enough. We must do. Volker Hildebrand, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great, Bonnie, and thank you. It's great to be on the show again. Thank you. Talk to me. You picked a very interesting quote, brief and to the point. I think we could write it on the side of a wall without getting accused of too much graffiti, but it's memorable. Talk to me. Why did you pick this quote? And please tie it into our topic today, Volker. Okay, absolutely. So, um, as as we all know, um, things are are changing dramatically out there, and um, the traditional means of approaching and interacting with with customers don't don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Customers are in the driver's seat, and and they know it, and they have changed the rules of engagement. So this this also means that uh, you know just. Uh, uh, knowing about your customers or knowing about these changes is, is not enough. You really must um, act upon it. And at the mm-hmm. same time, willing to change, willing to change organizational structures is not enough either. Um, um, organizations must act and do um, in order to kind of deal with this, um, I would say, paradigm shift in, in how to engage uh, with customers in in this new world. Volker, and do we have a, a year? I want to go back in time a little bit. Do we have a year when this quote was said? I'm going to look it up while you're talking. Continue, because I want to want to make a comment here. Go ahead. Continue. Oh, that's, uh, um, uh, definitely over 100 years ago. <laughs> that's what I thought. Go, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. So there was no information technology back then, um, but mm-hmm. I think it's the same. It's the same. It's the same principle, and and also there was an uh, an interesting uh, study that McKinsey has done recently, which revealed that many company leaders are in fact worried that they're underinvesting in customer engagement activities. So, which also shows just uh, knowing that things are changing uh, is is not enough. Um, uh, companies must act upon it, and I think that's uh, that's the most challenging and most difficult part. Um, and also coming back to what uh, uh, Case was saying, because there there is a fine line uh, sometimes between really knowing and understanding and 
wanting to know your customers and, and then acting accordingly and um, becoming creepy. <laughs> okay. Good to know. I will give you a little bit of background here. Uh, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe lived from... 1749 to 1832, he was a literary celebrity at the age of 25, and he lived to the ripe old age of 82, passing away at 1832. So there's a bit of history. The comment I wanted to make, Volker, was plus ça change, plus à la même chose. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Here you're giving us a quote from somebody who died almost 200 years ago, and it still applies today. So there you have it. I have a question, a, a probing question for my three panelists before we go to our first break. The question is very easy. What's in your cup today? Becky, Carol, what are you drinking or what do you wish you were drinking? Uh, I'm not going to talk about what I wish I was drinking. I'll talk about what I am drinking. I am drinking peppermint tea, hot peppermint tea, and it's very soothing and very refreshing. Sounds delicious. Thank you so much. And Case Jacobs in the Netherlands, what are you drinking right now? Well, obviously, it's a freshly squeezed orange juice made of, I mean, since I'm Dutch, uh, orange oranges. Well, I'm glad to have a color check there. Thank you. I didn't know that was an obvious, but I'm glad to know. I'm going to go to the store and get oranges right after the show. You made me thirsty. And Volker Hildebrand, where are you calling from today, and what are you drinking? I'm calling from uh, California, lovely half of Bay, where we have today the, the Maverick State Wave Contest, um, which is uh, just on the side, which is a big uh, global event here on the coast in California, all the big wave surfers meet and they already started uh, surfing at 8 a.m. this morning and uh, I'm having a um, uh, freshly brewed uh, um, and and, uh, uh, grinded my beans myself coffee uh, in my cup but it's starting to get cold. Okay, well, we're going to keep it. We're not going to let you go away and warm it up for the next 45 minutes. So you're, you're mine until then, Volker. After that, you can have hot coffee. I want everybody to stick around and join us. We're having a great conversation today with Becky Carroll, PWC, Case Jacobs from Capgemini, and Volker Hildebrand at SAP. Our topic today, in case you have not guessed, is consumer engagement, walking a fine digital line. I'm Bonnie D. Graham for SAP Game Changers Radio. We've got a lot more coming you don't want to miss. Don't even think of touching that app, that mouse, that dial. We'll be right back. Mike out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Business models have a short shelf life. Today's reality, given shifting technologies, real-time information, and collaboration across time zones, competitive advantage increasingly resides in speed to market and in the cloud. The bottom line? Technology cycles will continue to shorten, making business planning cycles less realistic and strategies less tenable. You need to become a savvy innovator who looks ahead to the next technology trend and its applications to tomorrow's business and industry strategy. BizBuzz with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. listening to biz buzz with game changers presented by sap email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com 
And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to BizBuzz with Game Changers. Welcome back. Today we're talking about consumer engagement, walking a fine digital line. You're listening to Biz Buzz with Game Changers presented by SAP. My esteemed panelists today are Becky Carroll at PwC, Case Jacobs, Capgemini, and Volker Hill. We're going to kick off this roundtable segment with Becky Carroll. And Becky, by the way, I have to mention you're the author. We have a couple of authors on the line today. You're the author of The Hidden Power of Your Customers, Four Keys to Growing Your Business Through Existing Customers, published by Wiley in 2011. And you've been on another one of our shows. I believe it was our Coffee Break with Game Changer show. How's the book going, Becky? Is it still still hitting the market strong? Absolutely. Um, it's pretty much a timeless topic. Uh, how do you interact with your existing customers and use them to help you get more customers? So um, something you always need to re- get a refresher on. <laughs> That's right. And, and oh, what do they say that uh, mining your current customer contact database is more important and more valuable than going out and starting with cold leads and brand new? Is that still hold true? I think that old saying, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, is still true. Thank you. I like that colorfulness. Becky, let's kick off the roundtable with a statement you sent me before the show. I want to talk about, we talk about disruptive technologies here, disruptive trends on all of our Game Changers radio shows. So you told me the following, disruptors are changing the digital landscape. We touched on it a little bit in the opening, making it harder for companies to connect with customers and vice versa, which is harder for the companies to connect with the customers, the customers to connect, or are we equally in bad shape or challenged, as you might want to say? Go ahead. Becky? <laughs> I think it depends on the, your perspective, whether you're a company or whether you're a customer. If you're a customer, Fair you might enough. feel it's difficult to connect with the company. And if you're a company, <laughs> you might not know where to find your customer right now um, because there's so much going on, right? And there's so much distraction for customers, you know, and, and technology is just changing so fast. In fact, you know, the, the 10 technology trends for business, we just came out with a report on that. And it said that 80% of CEOs identify technology as one of their top three mega trends that's going to transform their business this year in a huge way. You know, everyone's known in the past it's going to make an impact. But things like personal clouds and wearable computing, right, those things are making everyone more connected as everything and everyone is moving online, right? So we have just not people online now, but we have devices starting to come online. We've got home thermostats coming online mm-hmm. and, uh, and learning from people. So it, it makes it hard sometimes to know, are you connecting to an individual? Are you connecting to their thermostat? You know, where are you trying to engage? What is this, this point of engagement that, that you're taking place with? And, and this proliferation of touch points is creating very disconnected experiences and very fractured experiences for our customers. Um, and, and it really exposes, I think, some of the functional disorganization that we have. You know, we talked before the break about traditional ways of doing business, and, you know, it's been very siloed in the past, uh, lots of times based on companies' own metrics. And now, because we have a customer who's looking at you from, uh, wants to look at you from a very connected, continuous experience, no matter which touch point they use, um, it makes it very obvious when these touch points break down, when um, I'm in the call center and I don't know that you've been tweeting about me on social media because I don't have your uh, social media profile in my social database. You know, it can, that's part of what makes it very difficult for companies to be able to engage with customers. 
Thank you, Becky. Good points. Case Jacobs, you want to join in on this conversation, Case, from Capgemini. Do you agree with Becky that there are so many touch points it's hard for a company to know and the satisfaction level of the customer and the customer? Am I talking to machine? Am I, talk, am I talking to my thermostat or a person? That's a good one. Case, what's your POV on this, please? Yeah, so it is um, um, very important for, for, for companies then to find um, their ways to remain relevant uh, for, their, for their consumers in, across all those touch points. Um, and that requires um, a, a new set of capabilities to, um, to sense and respond, to, to, um, to be truly outside in. Um, and and that's, that's what um, most of the larger companies are not typically used to. So they, they, they um, are organized in, in uh, silos, and each of them, they, of course, claim to focus on, uh, on, um, on their customers, on their consumers, for example. Um, but each of, of them does that for, from their own perspective, from within their own silo. And th- if you do that, then it's difficult to, to really understand the relevancy uh, of uh, what you are doing, uh, indeed, be it on a call center or via social media outreach or uh, via an in-store technology uh, uh, dialogue. Um, so everyone does that from their own uh, silo, and, 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 and that's where the danger comes in, that uh, the relevancy from the perspective of a consumer um, is, is lost because they, it, it, that, that holistic transparency uh, is not available. Those, the, the single view of that customer or the single view of the enterprise is not available. So that, that's, I think, big, um, uh, a big danger for many large companies in, in, in dealing with it. And you see that the ones that are getting that are the ones that can organize around their customers effectively. Sounds like a big task requires somebody with a huge set of eyeglasses or a very clear or a way to sit on top of the world and look down and say, okay, we've got 20 touch points here. We've got another 100 here. We've got 10,000 here. Somebody has to be taking a look at it holistically from a whole standpoint. I want to bring Volker Hildebrand into this. And Volker, you sent me a note before the show. That's, it's really what we're talking about here with Case and Becky as well. I'd like to bring this talking point up and have you go with it. You said technology has changed the game. Yes, we accept that. But customers have changed the rules of engagement. So what do the customers want today? What do they really want in terms of a digital brand, in terms of ease of touch points, in terms of see me, hear me, listen to me, acknowledge me, make me happy. I'm the one with the money. Talk to me, Volker. I mean, if we uh, look at it from from really from a customer perspective, it it, Mm -hmm. it comes down to, to very basic things. Right. Um, when I'm interacting with a brand or, or, or consuming uh, their products or services in general, um, what I want to have is um, um, I want it to be relevant. Um, I want convenience, and and I want responsiveness. And but but this really provides a big challenge. I mean, all mm-hmm. of us, if I remember before before the holidays, my, my email inbox was flooded. And, and every day it took me, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes just to find the emails uh, um, that are, um, that really matter to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of, uh, and 90, 95% of all the emails that I got uh, were completely irrelevant. And, and it was also bringing down my, my convenience factor. And, and the, the convenience, this is, for example, why 
why Amazon is um, is very successful because it's so convenient, it's so easy, and they're pretty reliable with uh, some exceptions where UPS failed to um, deliver some of the goods shortly before Christmas because they uh, simply didn't have enough planes for um, over-the-air shipping. So um, reliability is important, too. So it's really these four core things, but but companies on the other side are in a dilemma. And it was uh, mentioned, Becky talked about the proliferation of channels. You know, you got to be, in order to be relevant, you got to be where your customers are. But how do you know where your customers are? And uh, to throw in another um, statistic, uh, there's there's one study that showed that 57% of the buying process is completed before the first interaction with a salesperson in a store or with um, um, a sales pure commerce website. So if you think about it from a company's perspective, you're no longer in control. It's really the customer who decides where they want to seek their information, uh, where they are, and and the the whole mobility aspect um, makes it even more difficult because now it's it's not only the PC that allows consumers access to all these sources of information, but they have pretty much access anywhere, anytime. And it's, right. and it's really easy for them to do, whether it's a price comparison or whatever. If you look at some of the uh, some of the data from Cyber Monday, Black Friday, and Thanksgiving, while total e-commerce grew by 24%, mobile e-commerce grew more than twice at 63%. And, and IBM even found out that tablets drove twice as much U.S. consumer retail spending on Black Friday than smartphones. So um, three years ago, nobody even had a tablet. So um, it, it becomes more and more of a challenge for, for companies to be able to engage um, with the consumers who are everywhere. But at the same time, um, these technologies um, also allow you to track and directly interact with consumers, because this is something that wasn't possible in in the past before all these technologies. You pretty much had mass media and and direct mail and and yes, um, email maybe, um, but but uh, uh, only in very few cases did you get direct feedback. Now, if you do send like a, a special offer to a smartphone of your customer, you actually know that this particular, whether or not this particular customer um, has has used that offer or accepted that offer versus, you know, traditional paper-based coupons where you have no idea. Thank you, Volker. Thank you very much. I have to mention last time you were on the show, I believe we were talking about you and your co-authors from SAP wrote a book called The Customer Experience Edge, published in 2011 by McGraw-Hill. And I know it's still out there because I saw it on Amazon, obviously. So we're we're talking to people who really are in the know. I want to go in a slightly different direction here. We're talking about how the customer is dictating the rules because the customer has so much opportunity now 
companies have given us that bandwidth. They've given us that privilege. We may be abusing it, I might say, but we do rock and we do own their brands, whether they like it or not. It's like opening. Becky, I think uh, companies with digital interfaces and so many channels have opened up a Pandora's box because you don't know who's on the other end. But Becky, I want you to talk a little bit and everybody to jump jump in on uh, something I, I did in research for the show. We're talking a little bit about Don Pepper, Peppers and Rogers, of course. Don Pepper's vision of the one-on-one future, one-to-one future. It's supposed to be here, building relationships one customer at a time. Is this getting into the area of privacy, getting into the area of too much personalization? Do you think there's a scary digital line there, Becky Carroll? Talk to me. Well, it's interesting. I used to work for Peppers and Rogers Group, so I've I've spent a lot of time with with Don and Martha, and um, I think that... They've talked for a long time, as you know, as well as you know, I do about about privacy issues, and it's difficult because, um, again, companies are looking at their customers in this old-fashioned way and their old-fashioned notions of privacy without really realizing what privacy might mean to a, a consumer or to an individual. Mm-hmm. And so, I need to be able to to tune that for you. I need to be able to say, I want to be private in these types of interactions with you, these other types of interactions I want to be able to be open with you. And you need to be able to remember that. And companies are having a hard time managing the vast amounts of data that they're getting and trying to, trying to keep these things, you know, straight. And, you know, is it going to continue to be an issue? Of course it is, um, especially as we see organizations and technology companies out there changing their privacy policies, it feels like, on a whim. Um, and mm-hmm. oftentimes customers are caught off guard by some of this. So I, I think it's important as we think about, you know, that digital age, the digital future, have we come to a place where, you know, we're able to talk to, uh, as Don Peppers and Martha Rogers used to say, and still do say, customers individually and addressably in the channel which they prefer. Um, there's, there's this fine line between understanding those channels and, um, and using those channels for, I think, what um, I think it was Casey we were just talking about, those things that are relevant. You know, if you start to get outside the realms of what I've considered to be relevant, now it feels like a privacy breach. Um, now it feels like you've gone beyond the bounds of where I want to interact with you. And that's, I think, from a customer's perspective where it starts to feel uncomfortable. So it's very important that organizations um, really stay in touch with those customer preferences and keep them, keep those systems up to date as best they can with as complete a customer view as they can. Because who I am as an um, enterprise customer is the same person I am when I'm a consumer at night. Exactly. You have to know where I draw those right. lines. Exactly. Case, you want to talk on that? Yeah, so I think what is um, uh, a challenge for uh, the industry, indeed, is, is, is in dealing with it and um, uh, thinking that you can get away with publishing a privacy statement uh, or even go beyond that to um, be more transparent in how you um, um, collect data, for example. That's definitely not enough. So it is uh, very important that um, uh, customers, consumers understand um, the, the the value that they will get. So that, that there is there is uh, the, the give and get model. So if you provide data or you have data, I mean, how can I benefit from it? So it's it's it, it's it's very important to not just be transparent, but to have your customers understand uh, how how this is being used. And for example, the, the current approach. Um, to provide transparency by, by lengthy and, 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 and complex uh, le- le- uh, law uh, language um, privacy policies, th- that's overwhelming consumers. They, they, they are not reading that anymore. They are not open to that. So 
and being clear on uh, how you can uh, add value uh, to them um, and also uh, very importantly, how uh, you will respect them and that they feel respected. So also those people that do not want to be approached individually, uh, respect that. Um, and, and, and then you will gain uh, trust and then you will be able to, to add value in there. But that's a big challenge uh, for individual companies. But there is a big risk also uh, for the industry because because of the, the landmines that I talked about um, uh, of, of, of privacy intrusion or at least perceived privacy intrusion, you see that more and more uh, governments and NGOs uh, and consumer interest groups are, are stepping in and uh, coming up with uh, all kinds of uh, restrictions or want to come up with all kinds of restrictions which are actually um, uh, um, uh, making it more difficult to add value to, to consumers, and which, which is not in their interest. But it, it's, um, it's something that, that companies altogether should avoid um, in doing. And, and transparency is not enough. It is really mm -hmm. uh, making the balance of uh, value add clear uh, to, uh, to customers. Thank you, Case. Oh, this is Walker. Um, I, yes, I think please. Case brought up a, a, a really important aspect of this whole topic, which is trust. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's gonna that's gonna be increasingly important going forward, whether or not customers want to do business um, with a particular company, and and also in that in that context of um, uh, yes, we know that the, the balance of power has has shifted towards the, uh, the customer, but I think I think what uh, um, companies need to understand that that. Customer relationship management and the, the traditional idea of customer relationship and management uh, needs to evolve, and it's, uh, um, I would even say it's, it's, it's um, more of a paradigm shift moving from CRM, customer relationship management, to customer-managed relationships because the customers are in control at the end of the day, and, and they are more empowered than ever. But if you if you try to kind of uh, um, um, you know uh, snoop uh, uh, um, into their um, private life uh, in order to have a competitive advantage, that's when they will uh, will push back on you. At, at the same time, coming back to the other uh, important aspect, is really all about relevance. If I think if something is relevant to me, then yes, I'm willing to give up. You know some of my privacy or share some information such as location-based information um, which is uh, uh, becoming increasingly important in order to make coming back to the one-to-one -one future uh, do a one-to-one -one engagement with the customer in the moment when it really matters to them right that's right ideally yep. I would uh, I, I may want to have um, a, a special offer for marinara sauce while I'm uh, um, at my local <laughs> Safeway store um, in the pasta aisle, right? Mm -hmm. um, that, that could be a relevant offer for me. Or like uh, in, in Montreal, when you're uh, getting off the, the subway, they have a mobile app for their consumers, uh, for their riders, where you can get a special offer for, let's say, the Starbucks that's located in that subway station where you're getting... Um, off the train, that might be relevant offers at the right time to the right customers. Um, but then again, there might be some consumers who wouldn't want that, right? And they want to um, 
be able to turn this channel off, right? Or they don't want to be detected uh, where they are. Right. And, um, and at, Volker, at I want to add another dimension to that. What if you're a customer who wants to know, but at that moment in time you were reading OMG, an old-fashioned newspaper on the train, or reading a book because you're on your way to school, or you were coming on a radio show and your phone was either turned off or in the bottom of the purse, the backpack. You got to the store, you bought your Starbucks, you're walking out, you check your phone and say, OMG, I missed a great offer. I could have saved two bucks on my latte. <laughs> so, so that's almost like, a, oh, too little, too late if I would have only known. And then the question is, does the consumer have to be continually connected to that device so they don't miss it? Of course, I'm talking about probably a small subset. But I want to take the take the conversation me, and bring it. Case, yeah, case, please, go ahead. What, what, what would be maybe an idea is that uh, the phones are equipped not just with a flight mode button, but also with a shop mode button so that consumers can turn it. it on and off. Yeah, I love that's it. A, that's I, a great idea. Well, and so this is Becky. So then, you know, if you were to take that to another level, let's just say, you know, I'm a fan of a certain coffee company and I want to get any offers from them. And if I don't check my phone, you know what? You know who I am. Apply it for me anyway. You've got my credit card. You see my credit card coming through to purchase that. Apply it oh. and then let me know later. Hey, guess what? Because you're a valued customer, we saw, you know, we had this coupon for you. Couldn't reach you online. We applied the coupon on your behalf because you told us we could do yeah. that when we had that opportunity. So, I mean, it could go really far. Of course, then it starts to get to that scary line again and get yeah. again. But, you know, yeah. you can see where companies can take this. And, you know, just to loop back to close us out, Bonnie, you know, talking about mm-hmm. the privacy, that's kind of the scary thing. I think people are thinking about these, like, for example, home thermostats, where they sound wonderful. But I've heard people say, well, gosh, now my thermostat's connected to the network. So now, you know, these companies know when I'm home, when I'm not, right. when I'm cold, when I'm hot. They know more about me than I do sometimes. <laughs> and it begins to freak me out. And I think rightfully so. I want to turn our attention to my panelists, turn our attention a little bit away from the consumer for a moment and turn it back to who is in charge of all this in at the executive level, at the C-suite level, big company, little company. I'm going to go to a, a talking point Volker sent me. Volker, I'll have you start this, and I want to hear what Case and Becky have to say. You said most companies are under-investing. That's under-investing in digital customer engagement. And more, most important to me, Volker, you said top executives are worried. Who's worried? Why are they worried? Because they're not in, investing enough? Because the ones who are worried are not the ones who have the budget strings, the purse strings to do the investing? Who's so worried about it, Volker? It, it's really the top executives because it, it's really interesting, but the, a lot of conversations that I had um, – in, in, in the last 12 months really was about how, how, how does a company stay relevant to these new digital consumers or whatever you want to call them? Um, that's, that's a big concern of them, that they, that they simply become irrelevant because uh, their customers are out of reach. And, and like I said earlier, their customers are... And it's not that their customers may be on Facebook or there, but they're 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 everywhere, and and they they've changed the rules of, of engagement, as I said earlier. So the worry yeah. really is that you if you're not where your customers are, if you don't know enough about your customers to uh, provide them with relevant offers, somebody else may do that, and and you're gonna you're gonna lose out on that. So that's why they're really worried, and it's a big 
topic at the same time as we heard earlier. There's this proliferation of channel. There's there's typically mm-hmm. uh, in in especially in larger organizations. There's one group doing social stuff. There's still a marketing uh, uh, department. There's there's sales. There's uh, organizational silos. Um, um, and I don't even want to talk about all the different technologies that they're that they're um, using, especially in large organizations. And, it, and and none of that is really connected. So some some of the concerns that some consumers may have um, are actually if they if they knew. Um, what the what the situation is on on the IT side that that none of this or only very mm-hmm. few of these things are actually connected um, you know would have maybe less concerns but yes companies are worried that they're becoming irrelevant to their customers and then they're going to lose revenue they're going to lose market share and they they may become irrelevant in general and this can go fairly quickly um, within yeah. very few years. Things are happening fast. Be- Becky, who, who, who do I want to hear? Who do I hear in the back? Becky or Case? Somebody well, uh, join in and well, Case, okay. go ahead, Case. Casey, go I, I, listen, my reflection. I, I think so. Indeed, it is absolutely uh, a sea level uh, topic. But eventually, actually, it should be the CEO because what I happen mm-hmm. uh, to see a lot also is that um, there are battles going on between CMOs, for example. And uh, CCO, chief commercial officers, and, and uh, increasingly chief digital officers, and all having their own agendas there. And ultimately, it is about um, how do you organize around your consumers. That, that is the, 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 so it's not about marketing, it's not about uh, sales, it's, it's not about digital. It's about being relevant for your customer. So chief customer officer, or so, I mean, and that by nature maybe would be the CEO at the end. Uh, but that's where, so the, the siloed behavior in the, let's say, tactical and operational levels of organizations, you also see that a lot and, 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 and at sea levels. And I think that is an issue that needs to be addressed by many companies. Yeah, it's absolutely happening at, at the sea level as well. And the CEO, I think, is really driving it. And we've seen from some of our conversations with our, our clients that, you know, a big majority of them are seeing that they understand that it's really important to strengthen their engagement program with their customers and with their clients. And, you know, not just for consumer-based companies, but for, you know, enterprise and commercial-based as well. And they're, they're looking to really, you know, it, it's, a, it's keeping them awake at night. And they're looking to try to yep. fix it by investing in areas like innovation, um, you know, more R&D, better innovation, um, and new technology. But then the other place that I see people beginning to invest more, and, you know, Bonnie, this is my old uh, drum that I always beat, but I see them beginning to invest more in some of the customer service areas as well. And I finally see um, places like contact centers being seen as no longer just a cost center, but being seen as an area that um, is critical to driving that customer engagement and driving those customer relationships because, you know, now more than ever, if we're not getting this stuff right in the digital space, it becomes very apparent very, very quickly. So um, I think that's one of the, you know, one of the things we're kind of talking around is that back to this customer experience and making sure that, you know, every time we interact with our customers, whether it's mm-hmm. digital, whether it's at the retail store, whether it's through a sales rep, whether it's over the phone, it's a fantastic experience that is relevant at that point in time. It takes the customer's information into account, um, and it helps them feel like they're known at the company, and it helps them feel that um, they're a valued customer, and most importantly, it helps them transact in the quickest, easiest way possible. Yes, and Becky I brought up a... 
Go ahead. Who's that? I, Volker? Yeah, this, Go is, ahead. this is Volker. I, I completely agree with uh, with Becky. Uh, um, um, what, what should not get lost, and it's all these, you know, digital um, and, and focus on digital engagement and, hey, we need to we need to have a Facebook page and we need to tweet with our customers. Yeah, all these things are, are, are going on, but um, a lot of companies also simply need to focus a little bit more on some of the very basics of yes. uh, customer experience. Uh, yes. Like I said earlier, reliability, responsiveness, uh, convenience, and and if you think about it, I hate to use the example again, but um, if if you look at at Amazon, it's not because they are maybe a leader in digital engagement on all kinds of social media channels. No, it's because they have great customer service. It's very convenient. They're very responsive. Uh, um, returns are um, usually fairly. Um, Easy and and if you're a Prime member, they even they even sent the replacement uh, before they receive what you're returning. So they're really trying to make it easy, simple, convenient, provide a great customer experience, and and that would that's what makes them successful, right? They don't they don't really yes. have a crazy digital engagement um, strategy if you think about it. Right. Good point, Volker. I, I was going to bring up just when you spoke, I, I wanted to hear what you had to say. I was going to bring up something Becky said about the phone. To me, one of my biggest annoyances is having to go through a phone contact with a bank or an airline. OMG, it still is horrible. It's convoluted. Push yeah. this, press that, enter that. Most of the time you enter your account number or the last four digits of your social security or your phone or something, and they get on and say, may I please have your information? I want to say, you mean I sat here tapping out on my digital keypad and hitting the pound sign and waiting for somebody said yes and then I waited for an agent and you want to know it all over again uh, I, I actually was on a call for a friend who has a, a language barrier recently trying to contact his bank because they were sending him online digital statements credit card statements and he wanted paper the question was what happened to my paper why did you charge me a late fee can we get it undone finally got a person got 30 seconds into the conversation, Becky, you'll love this, and the phone call got disconnected. Oh, no. I had to start again. So the first thing I said, I'm the customer or the agent. First thing I said to the person was, we waited five minutes to talk to someone, got disconnected. I want you to write down my phone number now and promise you'll call me back if we get disconnected again. I had to do that lifting for the bank so that they could talk to us. Now, can you imagine really, that should have been something that should have been taken care of somewhere, somehow. So I would say their websites still need a lot of work. Their phone conversations need a lot of work. Their dial-in systems need work. And we're not talking, Becky Case and Volker, we're not talking about sophisticated digital engagement. We're talking about first line of contact for many consumers. Look for the number on the bill, on the website, call it and expect to talk to a person. And it's still not good. You all with me on that? Absolutely. There's a lot of work that needs to be done in the overall experience and digital. That's why I started yep. out at the beginning, you know, that we're, we're getting big and slow because as we're trying to yes. add these digital channels, we're making it so complex. And we really kind yes, of do have to are. get back to some of the basics and get it right. You know what? 
I'm going to give you all a break for one minute. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to do our look into the future. We call it the crystal ball segment. I'm going to ask Becky Carroll from Price Waterhouse Cooper, PwC. We've been calling it all along in case you don't know what that is. Case Jacobs at Capgemini and Volker Hildebrand at SAP. I'm going to ask them to look ahead in the crystal ball five years. If we met again five years from today on the topic of consumer engagement, walking a fine digital line, would that line be any finer? Would it be better or easier or harder from the customer or the company perspective? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Biz Buzz with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP here on the Business Channel. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss these predictions. Mike out. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Business models have a short shelf life. Today's reality, given shifting technologies, real-time information, and collaboration across time zones, competitive advantage increasingly resides in speed to market and in the cloud. The bottom line? Technology cycles will continue to shorten, making business planning cycles less realistic and strategies less tenable. You need to become a savvy innovator who looks ahead to the next technology trend and its applications to tomorrow's business and industry strategy. BizBuzz with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Biz Buzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Biz Buzz with Game Changers. Welcome back to Biz Buzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and we're entering the crystal ball segment. I'm going to ask my three panelists to look ahead in their own crystal ball. I know they've had time during the break to polish it off, dust it off, to find it first. And they're going to look ahead five years. If we met again five years from today and talked about consumer engagement, walking a fine digital line, would we even be having this conversation? Becky Carroll, PwC, go. We'd be having a slightly different conversation as the Internet of Things becomes more prevalent, right? More of these wearable devices, more of these embedded sensors um, in, in so many of our devices beginning to monitor physical activity, monitoring home activity, monitoring what we do, hopefully not what we think. But, you know, as it becomes more, more prevalent, I think the conversation we'll be having is around, you know, engagement as a second nature for users of these devices. It'll be, you know, really important, again, to figure out who are we engaging with. Are we engaging with the device? Are we are our devices engaging indirectly with companies on our behalf? Um, and I think that the topic of the day, it will be even more important to be discussing the plans for the data that companies are going to have access to. It's already huge amounts of data today. What kind of data are they going to be able to glean? What kind of insights will they be able to glean from all of this massive amount of data that will be coming in from this Internet of Things associated with an individual or a household? And we'll be discussing how they can pull that together into not just some kind of trends or general information, but for an individual, consumer, customer, how can we use this insight to make their lives better, to make their experience with us better, and ultimately to help us as an organization run more effectively as well. 
Thank you, Becky Carroll. Case Jacobs, Capgemini, go. Yeah, I think that um, many companies in uh, in five years' time will look back and actually will be a bit ashamed or shocked and Ooh. think, how were we ever able to uh, deal with the customers as we were doing at that time? We would never get away with that for now, being 2019. Um, and that will mean that there um, uh, a number of companies will say that um, in, in, a, in a kind of a, a satisfactory manner because they've made the, the, the switch. I am optimistic about a number of companies, uh, companies like we're helping now with their self-managed relationship uh, theme. They don't call that CRM anymore. Um, mm. But there will be many companies who will not get it and who will not be able to um, uh, build trust to have simple and convenient uh, and relevant uh, interactions with, with their uh, uh, customers. And those will suffer. And, and maybe in mm -hmm. five years' time, those people will not be able to give any comment because they will not be in existence anymore. Thank you, Case. Interesting perspective. Volker Hildebrand, one minute on the clock. Predictions, go. I think the trend from customer relationship management to customer managed relationships will will continue. Um, it will become more and more of an outside in approach that that companies need to take. Challenges will be will be similar, but but even multiply it with all the additional channels. Uh, um, Becky made the internet uh, uh, mention the Internet of Things, so that will make it uh, even more complex. For companies, we'll see some companies uh, fail uh, miserably who are not uh, able to adapt. And I, I also believe that there will be some creepy incidents that uh, go through the press and do, through the media, and it will not just be, like just recently, credit cards um, um, uh, um, issues like with yes. at, at Target, um, but mm -hmm. uh, it will be something really serious and, and corporate responsibility with regards to consumer data um, will become a bigger topic, even in countries like the U.S. where privacy concerns usually are, um, you know, um, not as prevalent as in uh, some of the European countries. Thank you, Volker, very much. I have my predictions, and they're easy. I want everybody to know we have multiple series of Game Changers, Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. Coffee Break with Game Changers, our flagship show. All kinds of potpourri of topics. Start up Focus with Game Changers, Thursdays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Talking about startups and in-memory technology and what are they doing to hit the ground running and what industries are they impacting and the brilliance of people who know how to do that right. And Tuesdays, of course, what you're listening to now, Biz Buzz with Game Changers, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. I want to thank our special guest, Becky Carroll, Case Jacobs, Volker Hildebrand, wonderful conversation. Thanks for your energy, your expertise, your warmth. Appreciated it. And thank you also to Susan Walker, sponsor of the series, Tom Flanagan, manager and co-producer. You got a promotion, Tom. And Mike in the Business Channel team. I'm Bonnie D. Graham for SAP Game Changers Radio. Here's your call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Talk to you soon on Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in to BizBuzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. 
To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 